98K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Ben Che. The top stories. Cycling star Sarah Lee is one round away from an Olympic medal ahead of the last day of the Games. A top national security cop is given the green light to go work as police as police conclude his visit to an unlicensed massage parlor wasn't a crime. And the education chief defends HKU's decision to ban students involved in a contentious union meeting from campus. Hong Kong Star Trek cyclist Sarah Lee is one round away from earning a historic sixth medal from the S- for the SAR at the Tokyo Olympics. She beat Katie Marchant in the quarters after previously losing to the Britain in the second round. Jimmy Choi reports. The 34-year-old cycling star's races against her 28-year-old opponent, Katie Marchant, were a reversal of her early defeat in the second round, when the British cyclist beat Miss Lee to the finish line, forcing her to race for her survival in a repechage event. In two consecutive races, Miss Lee mustered up her strength in the final lap, overpowering her rival just before the finish line. The Hong Kong cyclist beat Miss Marchin by 0.027 seconds in the first race and 0.036 seconds in the second race. She'll compete against Ukraine's Elena Starikova in the semifinals tomorrow morning. The police commissioner Raymond Su says there was nothing criminal about the behavior of a top national security officer who was caught in an unlicensed massage parlor in March. Mr. Sue said Senior Assistant Commissioner Frederick Choi, who was put on leave before news of the case emerged in May, would soon return to work in a new role as Director of the Force's Personnel and Training Department. But he said the Force has referred the case to the Civil Service Bureau's disciplinary body for further action. The Education Minister Kevin Yeung has defended the University of Hong Kong's decision to ban students involved in a controversial union meeting from campus, saying it was a safety measure, not a punishment. The meeting had approved, had approved a since-withdrawn motion expressing appreciation for a man who fatally stabbed himself after knifing a police officer. Mr. Yang said the University Council's decision is reasonable if it believes the students do pose a threat. The University of Hong Kong made the decision due to the risk assessment and also the control of the exposures to uh, unnecessary risk. It made the decision based on its internal procedure and also its own assessment. Uh, so we, have, we, we will respect its decision based on that. He added that students should be taught that actions have consequences. Meanwhile, more than a thousand HKU alumni have signed a petition against the ban. A government advisor on the pandemic has urged caution as the SAR reduces quarantine time for some arrivals. From Monday, vaccinated people who test positive for antibodies will need to spend only a week in a hotel if they're they're coming from a medium-risk country. That's half the usual period. Professor David Hui from the Chinese University says the government must monitor the situation carefully. He also thinks that people coming back from the mainland should quarantine at hotels instead of at home. I think we have to be more cautious in allowing people to come back from those areas with outbreaks of Delta virus. Delta virus is highly infectious. In the Hong Kong setting, most homes are actually quite tiny and there is risk of infecting family members. And sometimes people may not comply with the home quarantine. They may go out and spread the disease in the community. So I think with the uh, emergence of the Delta virus in this locality, I think hotel quarantine would be more prudent. The SAR reported seven imported cases today. 
three are from the United States, and the rest are from Tanzania, Austria, Spain, and France. Riot police in the Thai capital, Bangkok, have fired tear gas and rubber bullets at anti-government protesters who have tried to gather for rallies. The demonstrators want political reforms and changes to the monarchy. The BBC's Jonathan Head reports. These protests are not yet on the scale of last year's mass rallies, but they are no less determined. The police walled off the Prime Minister's home and much of Bangkok's royal quarter. They pushed the protesters back with volleys of tear gas. The grievances that fired up Thailand's youth last year have not gone away. If anything, the government's botched vaccine rollout, combined with the rapid spread of the Delta variant overwhelming hospitals and morgues in a country that largely contained the virus last year, have sparked even wider public anger. Currently, it's 28 degrees Celsius to humidity, 88%. RTHK, the time is now 5 minutes past 11. The Taliban in Afghanistan say they've captured the northern city of Shirbagan. If confirmed, it would be the second provincial capital to fall to the insurgents in as many days. A Taliban spokesman said most government buildings had come under their control. But a spokesman for the Afghan Ministry of Defense, Fawad Aman, said that most of the city was still in the hands of government forces. Unfortunately, they have captured some parts of the city, but still a majority of the city uh, under control of Afghan national and security forces. And we will uh, increase uh, the number of offensive operation, the number of clearing operation, uh, as well as uh, the number of airstrike over Taliban, and the city will be cleared of terrorists soon. Bangladesh has launched a major coronavirus vaccination drive. COVID infections are rising again, with Thursday seeing a record number of daily deaths. The BBC's Dan Johnson reports. 4.3 million Bangladeshis are fully vaccinated, but with a population of more than 160 million, there's a long way to go. So now the government's rolling out a major drive, with 15,000 vaccination centres open from today, available to everyone over 25, but focused on older and more vulnerable Bangladeshis. Rohingya refugees over 55 will also be targeted. The original aim of vaccinating 10 million people has been scaled back to 3 million, The government says it hopes to produce vaccines itself within two months, ending reliance on imports. The Prime Minister of Greece, where wildfires are raging, says the country must urgently change its approach to fire prevention and flood protection. The fires have forced thousands of Greeks to leave their homes around Athens and elsewhere. Unpredictable winds have complicated efforts to fight the blazes. Two people have been detained, suspected of arson. Kyriakos Mitsotakis acknowledged criticism about the government's response to the fires, but said protecting human life would be his top priority. I want to reassure all those affected by the fires that they are my first priority. All the scorched land will be reforested and will change the way we carry out flood protection and fire prevention works. More now on the Olympics. China's Su Xiao and Sun Mingya have won the country's first medal in women's canoe sprint by winning the gold in the canoe double 500 at the Sea Forest Waterway. 
The 2019 world champions finished two seconds clear of Ukraine's Anastasia Chetverikova and Lyudmilian Luzan. It was a second medal for Luzan, who took bronze in a single 200. Canada's Laurence Vincente Lapointe and Katie Vincent took the bronze. China once again proved its Olympic diving dominance as Chao Yuan took gold in the individual 10-meter platform with teammate Yang Jian scooping the silver. Bronze went to Britain's Tom Daly, who edged his way back onto the podium after an emotional gold medal win in the men's 10-meter synchronized last week. That was the only diving event out of eight at the Tokyo Games that was not won by China. Plenty of gold medals being dished out on day 14 of the Games, as the BBC's Al Ross explains. Team USA have avenged their men's basketball group stage defeat to France by beating them 87-82 in the final to win a fourth consecutive Olympic gold. Kevin Durant was the US's star man with 29 points. And Norway are the men's beach volleyball Olympic champions for the first time. Anders Bernstein Moll and Christian Sandel Sorum beating the Russian Olympic Committee in the gold medal match. In track and field tonight... There's been a moment of history. India's Niraj Chopra won the country's first ever athletics gold in the javelin. And finally, an ancient Egyptian boat from the time of the pharaohs has been transported to its new home at a major museum due to open this year near the pyramids. The BBC's Sebastian Usher reports. The great boat of Khufu made its way through the night on board a specially constructed vehicle to its new home in the Grand Egyptian Museum. It's about two kilometers away from the pyramid complex in Giza, where the 42-meter-long wooden vessel was discovered in 1954. The boat is more than 4,500 years old and was found almost intact in the Great Pyramid of King Khufu. Although still considered potentially seaworthy, it may not have been built to navigate the Nile or the high seas, but to sail through the skies after the pharaoh's death so he could ascend to the sun god Ra. And that's the news from RTHK.
The Chainsmokers and Coldplay on RTHK Radio 3. Something just like this. When we're chilling on a Saturday night. And of course, the last few days, or actually what last day of the games in Tokyo. 2020, huh? 